Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Deanna Minnick. Welcome to the Color Can Heal Your Life podcast, where we explore how you can get some more color, creativity, and healing in your everyday life. We get to look at the spectrum of eating, living, feeling, and creating that you're all about. So let's dive into the inspiration and information rainbow that awaits us. Hello, everybody. Dr. Deanna here. Thanks for joining me again for the Color Can Heal Your Life podcast. So what I really love about this podcast is that I get to be expansive. I can drill down into specific topics like I have been. I can also go big, broad, and really into the realm of connection and looking at all the different ways that we can link seemingly disparate concepts into one unified whole. And I believe that that happened in this podcast with Alexis Saludos. Alexis is a wonderful synthesizer of information and has gone from really being an expert in the physical realm of being a personal trainer, a massage therapist, and even having a master's degree in nutrition from Bastier, and has really started to see that it's so important to start bringing in the non-physical too. So she explores things like chakras and energy medicine, energy healing, and provides a wonderful bridge between the non-physical and the physical. So as you can see, we really enjoyed this podcast talking with each other. So listen on in and see what pearls you can take out for yourself. Enjoy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Color Can Heal Your Life podcast. I am here with Alexis Saludos. And so we're, we're going to have some fun with this. Alexis and I have known each other for probably a couple of years. We've been in kind of similar circles, and she's been part of a program that I've had, and I've been part of her program. And so this is such a delight for me because I get to go nice and deep with her into a soulful conversation. It's like the conversation I've been waiting to have since she moved closer to where I live. So (laughs) welcome, Alexis. So glad to have you here. Thank you so much. I am so happy to be here. (laughs) <laughs> Me too. Now, you know that I'm, I uh, asked this question. I, I did give you a heads up on this. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm curious because you're a woman of color. You like lots of color like I do. So what is your favorite color today? <laughs> okay, that's, that's a great way to ask that question because I was thinking, how do I choose? I have I know. so many favorites. <laughs> I've got green pants on today, so I'm going to go with turquoise because that is definitely one of my favorites. Turquoise. Is that something that you've thought about or is it just kind of like a visceral emotional feeling for it? Just curious. It's it's definitely, it's something that I, well, I'm thinking of this necklace that I have that's turquoise and jewelry that's been passed down to me by my mom that's turquoise and how turquoise has just been such a powerful color for me in my life. Um, it's, it's a very close call turquoise and about every shade of purple, but I'm going with turquoise today because I have those green pants on. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Very nice. I'm wearing purple, so uh, I'll cover the purple base for you. <laughs> what, 
what about the warming colors? Do you ever feel drawn to red, orange, yellow? I, I have found that most people, when I ask them this question, they're going to say one of the cooling colors. So I'm just curious, what's your vibe on the, the warming colors? I would say that I tend to be most drawn to the greens, blues, and purples. Mm-hmm. And so the reds, orange, and yellows, for whatever reason, feel harder to connect with for me. I like to go into the pinks, but it's interesting, especially how, well, as you know, this work with the chakras, that there's that hesitation to um, just some something there for me to look at with those colors. Say more about that. You know, just kind of go into that space a little bit more. Not everybody knows perhaps about chakras or the connection to colors. So when you get into that space from a chakra perspective, what what are the sensations that you might, I know this is kind of personal and you don't have to go too deep if you don't want, but you know, cause I see this with a lot of people. Let's go deep. Let's go Let's down go deep. the rabbit okay, good, hole good, together. Good, good, good. All right. So, so tell me your take. What, what do you think comes up for you with those colors? It's so interesting. I, I feel like I'm actually on this active discovery of that right now as I'm in the process of developing my level four training, which actually uses specific color um, prisms. And um, But I work with the chakras. I work with crystal pendulums. I work with energy. And I've always felt more resonance with the colors that tend to be associated with the with the higher levels of energy or the upper chakras and the um, lower chakras which tend to be connected with the reds and the oranges and the yellow for whatever reason it feels like um, well my take on it is it feels like I have to ground myself more to connect with them that it's easier for me to go up into this space of okay it's green blue and purple and I really have to work to bring it down and connect more with the yellow orange and red yeah you know ditto for me too um and and for many people that have chimed in very similar thoughts you know I think so often those cooling colors being connected to more of the non-physical parts of us are sometimes easier to relate to than having to think about our physical bodies, our physical environments, our emotions, our sense of power. You know, those are just loaded things for us, just collectively, you know. It's not easy. So I, we're going to go in a lot of different places. I have a lot of questions for you. You know, you are, the way I see you is you're a true Aquarian, you know, bringing in the the novel, the eccentric, the revolutionary, the evolutionary, bringing a, a methodical twist to that. You know, it's not just, you know, you are in this space of, of chakras, which, you know, not many of us may play in or even understand fully. But I think that your approach to it is really interesting. And I don't even know if I completely understand it, which is why I want you to Take us through your your personal story of how did you even come along that path into this realm of color, energy healing, energy medicine, using pendulums. Just take us back a bit and and get into your your personal journey. I would love to. Well, I 
will go way back and just connect my personal journey in with color and that my dad is a professional photographer and I grew up with light and color being the premise of everything in my early life and that his lens, his, his literal lens through the camera, he, I, I remember um, colored gels and different filters and prisms and just being surrounded by those things growing up. And I was always told by my parents that I had a great sense of color and mm. some of my early vocabulary. It's so interesting. You really sparked my interest going back, looking at how all of these things have influenced my path and work. And I used words like heliotrope and crimson and apricot to describe colors when I was little. Wow! I've, I know, right? And now I have an almost four-year-old and I'm thinking, this is so interesting that that has been the forefront of my life in so many ways, in so many different areas. And I've seen it play out in, in different ways as well. So growing up with the, with light and color being such um, a strong foundation, I've also always been fascinated by the human body. And so my, my education and career for many years was in, in rooted in the physical. And mm -hmm. I worked as a personal trainer for over a decade oh, and I learned how that. to study you didn't know that. I didn't yes. know that you were a personal trainer. No. Oh, that's fascinating. Yes. And I've always been fascinated by the human body and learning how to relate to it intuitively through movement and became very attuned to how people moved and what that suggested about energetic relationships as well. So the the physical has been a huge part of my, my life and foundation. And then I also went to um, Bastyr and received my undergraduate and master's degree in nutrition. And so there's been this food body foundation in, in, in my work. And then there's also been this huge influence of color and energy and always sensing things intuitively, but not really knowing what does that what does that mean and how do I make sense of what I'm perceiving? And so when I had um, graduated with my master's degree, I had this lovely opportunity to work with a doctor who had his own um, muscle testing modality. And there was one day when I was at this clinic where I saw all of the tools on the table, there was um, something called a pull filter, which looks like a camera lens, a signal enhancer, which looks kind of like a prism. And then there were these colored glasses um, for emotional work. And I started having these flashbacks to my childhood of here are all of these tools that I'm familiar with that are once again showing up for me, but they're showing up in this scientific capacity and there must be a way to bridge the physical with the energetic and so that was a huge um, turning point for me in realizing that there was something to explore and um, you just reel me in Deanna if I start going down the rabbit hole too far <laughs> keep going keep going yeah it's just so interesting looking back um, 
that all of these these physical objects and tools have been part of this intuitive discovery for me. And one of the most, I would say, influential tools, something that has become the foundation in my chakrati trainings and work are these very special crystal pendulums. And I was gifted this pendulum many years ago by a dear family friend who has always felt Mm. Um, like um, just someone very special who's always really seen me on a deep level. And I intuitively one day just grabbed this crystal pendulum and I was visiting with clients and incorporating nutrition work and muscle testing. By the way, I also was a massage therapist and had studied craniosacral and energy work. And so I was just very curious about developing this ability to perceive energy and really didn't know what that would lead to. So I would hold this crystal pendulum over the energy field for clients who would come into, into my space. And over time, I noticed that it would move in specific ways over specific parts of the body, but it was really one day where all of that clicked for me. (laughs) And I understood that the pendulum was moving in four very specific ways over the chakras. (laughs) And that's how all of this evolved into an energetic assessment method that I use now. So fascinating, by the way, you've braided together so many different seemingly disparate modalities, but somehow coalescing them into what you're calling the assessment, right? So it sounds like things became finer and finer and finer into almost prismatic into mm-hmm. this point, right? So mm-hmm. if if you're assessing some, so who, what was it like to assess the first person kind of after you had... And I know it's sometimes very difficult to think back into, like, how did this all evolve? Like, you know, you have kind of like your seed moment, but then the blooming part, it just, sometimes it's rapid, sometimes it's not. So how did you work out this assessment? Talk a little bit about the assessment with the pendulum and and your process. Absolutely. Well, I will say that it didn't come easily. It, it, it all came together in that moment, but then this process of really beginning to um, connect intuitive impressions with these specific movements and the language, it was this whole process, and I've always felt like in order for this to come through me, I've had to be willing to surrender to it, and that surrendering to it typically <laughs> involves lots of courage and trust and challenges and so experiencing this assessment with those who were willing to lay on my table and have me look at the energy it was so exciting initially and I still every time I pick up my pendulum I feel like it's an opportunity to engage directly with the mystery and to be humbled by it. And there's never a moment where I'm not left in awe that this is just so incredible that we have this ability to connect with things that we can't see, but we can sense. Mm -hmm. And the just 
in working with people, I, I, I feel like a mad scientist oftentimes. Like I'm, just, <laughs> I'm gathering my data and I really believe that we, it, it takes courage to show up in any capacity for whatever your work is or whatever you're doing, however you're, however you're showing up in the world, that going through this, this phase of discomfort and just being willing to go through repetition and try new things out can be scary and intimidating and thrilling at the same time. Mm. So I, I relate to being this mad scientist with charts and notebooks and, and I took lots of notes in the beginning. I would look at movements and then I would ask somebody, how does, what, what's coming through for you? What are you, what are you sensing? And I would take notes of things that I sense through the ways that I had been trained in, in other modalities until it became clear that what I term chakrity, this assessment method began to evolve very quickly into something more into an entire healing modality. Wow. So you did have, I mean, you were to the letter with really gathering the information and looking for patterns, recognizing yes. patterns. What were some of the maybe surprising patterns. I mean, it sounds like you already had a, a knowledge base of chakras, of energy work. Was there anything that you weren't reading in a lot of other books or coming across by working with doctors or or just through your trainings? Like, was there something that seemed a little bit different that you uncovered that you were like, wow, this is an aha moment? Oh, that's such a good question. There have definitely been many. I would say the way that I work with this system is looking at how it began as a chakra assessment. So looking at how the chakra energies were presenting and then identifying a priority. So a starting point, what would like to be addressed first? And I would say that allowing that prioritization to lead has always been that that place where I I get to have a dialogue with my own ego and check in and say okay I'm not sure if this really lines up with all of my logical thinking and and where I would think things would be going with my head but I'm going to to trust this and lead with this priority so the priority things that would prioritize would always well, they would surprise me often, but I would say the patterns that would surface, that there are lots of different patterns I've noticed over time that I associate now with different things, and stumbling across some of those patterns have been fascinating, and yes, very eye-opening, one of which I can connect with you, actually. Hmm. Maybe we should talk about that. One of our conversations... Um, a while back where we spoke about the feminine circuit and I had this realization that w what you were terming the feminine circuit was something that I was seeing in the energy, different points that would be highlighted and I would see that show up so often with women and then see completely different presentations with my male clients. Wow, say more about that. That is fascinating. <laughs> Well, I would say that um, maybe it would be helpful if I just quickly go through the four the four presentations that we work with in the chakrity work and the assessment. Sure. 
are termed contracted, chaotic, open, and expansive. And that the most consistently expansive chakra, according to the chakrity system, is the heart. I see that consistently present as expansive. But one of the things that surfaces that I would see very differently uh, with, between men and women would be at the throat chakra. Mm. And also I would connect that in at the solar plexus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the solar plexus, the throat chakra would oftentimes present as contracted or chaotic in the women that I would see in my practice. And my practice has been primarily women that I've had my, my solid male clients that I love who come in, who, (laughs) who would present completely in such a different way. And so that was fascinating. That makes so much sense, right? You know, when I think of the solar plexus, the seat of power, this empowerment, um, I often think of it as what is going in, what's coming out. And then, Mm -hmm. as you said, the throat, speaking one's truth. You know, one thing that fascinates me, and and perhaps, you know, you started us off when you said that your favorite color is aquamarine, at least right now. And if I think about all the women out there, it just seems like thyroid books are a dime a dozen. Everybody's writing a book Mm -hmm. on the thyroid. And what you said about women, how this place is showing up, you know, that throat, neck area. Mm-hmm. So are you finding that it's, you said, contracted in this area mm-hmm. or is it chaotic? It's a, is the energy just not smooth? It's not expansive? It's not open enough? I find that in the women that I've, I've done thousands and thousands of assessments at this point, And I consistently find that the heart and the third eye chakra will present as expansive and that the throat will oftentimes show up as contracted or chaotic. And so there's something that I've always been fascinated by and tuned into about this, what's, what's happening? Why is the heart and why is the third eye, how are those energies presenting as expansive effortlessly? And then the, the throat is just being almost compressed mm-hmm. and there's, And I've connected that with this um, challenge to bridge and establish a gateway between the heart and more of uh, the intuition. Mm -hmm. I do associate the intuition. I, I believe that all of the centers are intuitive and that we all experience intuitive information differently. Um, but that the the throat is almost reflecting this deep need to uh, harmonize that connection, that relationship, and get into a deeper understanding and relationship with those two centers. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. Um, and do you think, too, if I think about the society, the collective, one of the struggles that we have as a society is really bridging heart and mind, right? One is usually predominant. And so the throat chakra is really that place of, of interface. And I call it the birth canal because it kind of is that, you know, we're birthing Mm -hmm. something out and we don't have many places where we have portals, like actual open portals to the external world. 
And so what are your thoughts on that? You know, this, um, you know, you speak of I intuition. Yeah, the, the heart and the mind and how we wrestle with that as a, as a human species. You know, we don't mm-hmm. see animals really having that, that debate. But, <laughs> you know, I read somewhere, I think it was, um, you know, an Asian quote that the longest distance that a human travels is 18 inches moving from head into heart. And what, what do they have to go through in order to get there? The throat, you know, it's like that's <laughs> a big, so part of the journey. <laughs> and I love the word that you use, portal. That's, it, I, I feel that one of the, one of the things that I'm most passionate about that all of my work now is really rooted in is helping others to establish a framework and context to place intuitive impressions. And I don't know about you, but I did not grow up, even though I look at my lineage and I see all of my dad's work is so intuitive. Oh, yeah. Essentially chasing the light. Right. It's magical and it's, it's, it's just so beautiful. And I, but I did not grow up with being taught how to cultivate my intuitive abilities. And so... I spent a lot of time studying. I spent a lot of time developing my ability to, you know, to, to use my brain. And I also had this deep desire to connect with the things that I did not know how to articulate. And I've spent so many years immersing myself in this place of establishing my own intuitive context because. We all are intuitive, and I feel that color is actually one of the ways in which we can experience energy, and we can tap into our intuition is through sensing color. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like the colors themselves are portals, right? Back to that word portal, because these are just doorways into the depth. I kind of feel like the whole theme of this conversation with you is about depth, and it is into the realm of soul and into the realm of the symbolic rather than always just what you see is what you get. Mm -hmm. You know that there's so much more behind that. There's so much more that we don't see or that we aren't open to seeing or there's just, there, there's so many layers. And one of the challenging parts of developing your intuitive abilities I feel is just learning how to discern those many and I'll use the color gray because I associate gray with being in that in-between place Mm -hmm. and that we we tend not to struggle so much with the things that are very clearly okay this is a yes for me this is a no for me but all of all of that gray area that requires us to get quiet inside of ourselves and really really connect with what feels true that that process of learning to discern is a process of connecting with your intuition and I have used color actually in my advanced work we work specifically with with color and uh, establishing a context around color and how we perceive different energies, which I thought could be fun 
Mm-hmm. To, to use even as a brief practice for listeners. Why don't we do that? Why don't we go into something practical with this? Um, you know, if I'm thinking about just even the definition of intuition, everybody has perhaps a varied approach to what they believe that is. And so maybe start out with, yeah, just what would be some, give us a navigation, a little map into how to perceive energy. So if we wanted to shift our daily life and to become more aware, because with awareness we get greater shifts, we get Mm -hmm. greater transformation, what would be just some basic things? If we kind of marry your physical realm with Mm -hmm. where you are now, somewhere in between there, how do we meld this into our everyday lives? I love this question. So there are so many ways. I I like to connect it with the chakra system. For whatever reason, the chakra system, Mm -hmm. I feel, is just such, it's such a fun way and such a practical way to to work with structure. I do feel that structure is helpful and that uh, I love to help people connect with energy in a way that is tangible. So I work a lot with sensation. And if we're connecting in ways that we maybe experiencing our intuition, it can come through so many different paths. And one of those is through sensation. So experiencing um, even a change in temperature in the hands or noticing tingling sensation in the hands, we can all probably relate to how maybe we feel in our body when we walk into a room and then we're in the room and all of a sudden we're being bombarded with with lots of different information that can that we can feel lots of that so is that something that you're experiencing through sensation um i have a a love for the solar plexus and so a lot of my work is rooted in learning how to how to discern um, self from other and the way in which we can perceive the world primarily through this part of our energy and that that can be that can be debilitating for some people it's definitely been part of my path navigating the world through the solar plexus and coming into contact with with energies with emotions with circumstances bringing those back into my body and internalizing them and so there are lots of different ways we talk about gut reactions things pings that you may get in the physical body in this area that um, may be indicators of your own intuitive language your intuition speaking to you and then of course how we may feel in the heart and connecting that in with the physical body. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that has I've realized in my own journey that has been part of my intuitive context is reacting from more of the throat chakra. And I associate this with, um, in my youth, turning red easily. I used to get so frustrated that I could, that what I was experiencing on the inside could be seen on the outside by (laughs) flushing. Ah, what I would have done to just keep that in. How do I, how do I (laughs) keep that inside? Oh, I understand. 
I absolutely understand that. <laughs> but I look at that now and I see, wow, that was such a powerful bridge between what I was experiencing internally mm -hmm. and how my body responded. Right. And so I look at that now as feedback. And mm -hmm. we're able to, in, working with intuition can be very practical, very tangible, and be very connected with the physical body. How we, how we are responding, how how we're experiencing feedback from our environment, from just from interactions with others, how we are um, connecting those things within our physical body. Yes, and I think that is the bridge. Just to bring us back to where we started off when we talked about the cooling colors and the warming colors, to harness the body and to really be in that driver's seat so that we are picking up those mm -hmm. non-physical cues. You know, I studied with a teacher some years ago. Uh, we had an intuitive course that she did from her home, and she would tell us that the first order of spiritual business is to go home and clean your house. Like, you've got to get physical. <laughs> She's like, you've got to be physically grounded because that's manifestation and so if you're wanting to spiritually manifest or really come into this place of true physical healing mm -hmm. it requires you've got to be there now mm -hmm. you know and so I like what you're saying about letting your body be your barometer you know what is your gut saying what is your mm -hmm. heart saying you know the flushing reaction the butterflies in the stomach mm -hmm. you know i kind of feel and I'm, I'm sure you've had this experience being a body worker that everybody kind of has their unique body sensor mm -hmm. it's like you know it early on just like how you spoke of your skin i also had a very similar thing right it's kind of like that place is letting you know my hands are another spot like they get hot sometimes I'll get rashes on my hand like I'm tr I'm working with them on a different level than I am perhaps some other part of my body mm -hmm. so yeah I like what you're saying because it really does make the energy world which we may perceive as invisible into more palpable tangible and in something that we can relate to Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I am a huge fan of, of bringing it back to that foundation, bringing it back to the root. And I've spent many years learning how to ground my energy. I realized that early on, I was an athlete when I was young, and that the way that I grounded myself was through intense exercise. I yeah. didn't know how to ground my energy, so I had mm -hmm. to go out mm -hmm. and run for an hour and a half to be in my body. And it wasn't until I experienced an injury and I had to work with, okay, how do I, how do I not only get call my awareness and get back into my physical body, but then stay there instead of popping out of my body all of the time. It was always, it's always been effortless for me to go into that space of imagination and, and up. But again, going back to those colors, going back, mm -hmm. bringing the energy back down, bringing my awareness down has been where I've really had to intentionally work and, I feel that the foundation of of working with the, the physical body and with food has definitely supported that. It's been that that support that that help to bring the energy down. Yes, yes, in so many ways, and that's the beauty of you studying nutrition too. 
because mm-hmm. the the colors, the vibration, all of those things are signals in and the ways that we connect like a divining rod with, with energy. Mm-hmm. Alexis, this is so, I mean, I just feel like we could keep going. <laughs> it's just like we're hanging out in a cafe and, and everybody's listening into our conversation here. I hope that... Um, there's so much enjoyed. to talk about. <laughs> There's so much to talk about. So, uh, so let's talk about how people can can reach you. So, if you know they're they're curious because what you have to offer, I think, is really unique, and people are always looking for ways to assess, understand, and the fact that you use something very tangible like a pendulum. Which mm-hmm. thank you for gifting me with mine. I have mine oh, on my. Um, altar at home it's beautiful it's purple I love it um so how what do you offer now like what is your what do you see yourself kind of unfolding into as well so talk about where people can find you now and what they can do with you any kind of teaching or mentorship and then just what is your big vision going forward <sighs> do you have I mean it back so many so many visions <laughs> So many visions. Um, I can be found with Shockerty. My I work primarily. I work virtually. It's it's been such a gift to work with people across the world, and I train people how to work with energy professionally using the Shockerty system, this assessment method. And then I have different levels now. Shockerty's evolved into many different levels. Uh, of work and I'm currently creating level four which get this is going to be using we have different pendulums for different levels of the work and Mm. this one is working with colored prism bottoms and the different colors connect with different things so I'm I'm going far out once once we get to that level we're we're going pretty far out but my my passion truly is in supporting people throughout this process to deepen into their own intuitive knowing, to establish their intuitive framework, and learn how to place impressions that they've experienced all of their lives, and really develop a language around it. There's mm-hmm. so much that we experience that we don't know how to articulate, and when we can work with developing a language, I believe that that helps us really cultivate what can be associated more with an ability and develop that into a skill so that it's something that we can call upon and and something that supports us even beyond just energy work or as a profession, but in everyday life. Mm-hmm. So my passion is in teaching. I love to to teach and to train other people how to work with the Shakriti system. And I see lots of creative projects in the future. I am looking forward to collaborating on a project with my dad and integrating photography with energy. Mm. There's so much, so much. I like what you said about um, communication. Again, bringing it back into the realm of speech words and the throat you know it's it's kind of yes Ah. (laughs) back at the throat again i know i know full circle full circle alexis this has been great and you know 
again, what you have to offer, I, I just love it. I, I like your approach. I like your style, your insight, your bridging of the physical and the spiritual, which I believe in this day and age, we need to be there. And mm-hmm. it's it's not enough just to hang out in either camp anymore. We really have to become hybrids, either yeah. naturally or just bring it out. So... And you're doing it. You're doing the work and you're helping others to do that too. So thank you so much for, for being here with me today and having this. I would say that this is not even a, this is a full spectrum type of conversation, <laughs> right? We went everywhere with this. So it's, it's been a delight, truly. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. And it's always lovely to talk with you. And I hope that we do it again soon. Thank you. Thank you.